liberty lockdown please scan your barcode your liberty ain't gone but yeah it's on hold where did it come from and where did it go it requires a fight not tweeting from your phone don't need a king get him off the fucking throne if you're riding with the thought you've always got a home the virus is scared of will come and it'll go the government knows this don't get treated like a hoe Welcome, everybody, to round two with Judge Andrew Napolitano. This is Clint Russell of Liberty Lockdown. Thank you so much for joining us, Judge. Well, thank you for having me with you, Clint. It's a great show, and I'm privileged to be a part of it. Well, thank you. Uh, So I wanted to start today with your your expertise, which is Biden is, is pushing to have a ghost gun ban, and it doesn't appear that he needs congressional approval to do so at least according to him uh could you give us a little rundown on what he's attempting to do and why this is so blatantly unconstitutional if i well let me i don't want to put words in your mouth no, I no, believe no, you're, right yeah. you're not putting words in my mouth and if you did they'd be words with which i agree <laughs> okay. uh it, it is blatantly unconstitutional it's the same stunt that uh, his former boss president obama tried to do with respect to certain immigration regulations he proposed them as legislation congress turned them down he signed 24 executive orders purporting to make them law anyway the supreme court took years to get to the supreme court but the supreme court invalidated them old joe is trying to do the same thing uh the democrats in the house passed legislation banning ghost guns we'll define there's many definitions but we'll define ghost guns as guns that don't have a serial number for the most part, they are made at home using kits. They're not against the law federally. They're against the law in a couple of states, including where I happen to be now, New Jersey, but most states have not regulated them. The president seems to think that he has the authority through the uh, Bureau of uh, Tobacco, Alcohol, and Firearms to change federal law A, to make these guns uh, illegal, B, to force any gun dealer who comes into possession of these guns to affix a government-issued serial number to them. Now, this this is unconstitutional for a couple of reasons. One, we have the separation of powers in the United States of America. Congress writes the laws. The president enforces the laws, whether he agrees with them or not. The courts interpret the laws. Congress, the the president can't write his own laws, and we know that. That's what he's attempting to do because the Senate won't even consider this piece of legislation. Second reason it's unconstitutional is we're not talking about regulating uh, the amount of, of sugar and soda pop. We're talking about a fundamental personal liberty that the Supreme Court in 2008 and again in 2012 has defined as the natural extension of the ancient right to self-defense. Somebody attacked your property, your spouse, your children. You have the absolute, you you have the absolute right in ancient times to use the same instruments against them that they use against you. Fast forward to the modern era, the late great Justice Antonin Scalia wrote for the Supreme Court in 2008, that the right to keep and bear arms is the right to keep and carry weapons of the same level of sophistication as the bad guys have and, ready for this, as the government has. So Joe is dead wrong when he says 
the Second Amendment is not absolute and we can decide what weapons you own. I remember chiding Mrs. Clinton once in the 2016 campaign, ripping apart AR-15s. I was at Fox at the time. And then we put an ex-Secret Service agent on screen to say, what did you carry when you were defend protecting her? AR-15s. So these weapons are good enough for the elite to hire federal agents to protect them, elite in the government, but not good enough uh, for us to have. The practical reason why old Joe is so wrong, Clint, and everybody knows this, a 10-year-old child knows this practical reason, is a person who is willing to murder innocents, the same person who's going to be punctual about obeying gun laws. Of course not. <laughs> so the thing won't work. We right. just had a terrible tragedy here on the East Coast. A madman shot 16 people in a subway car and he set off a smoke bomb. So people were terrified. They couldn't see, uh, they couldn't breathe, and somebody was shooting at them. There wasn't a gun in that car except for his. If there had been an off-duty cop there, or if we truly had the right to keep and bear arms, he never, he got off 54 shots. He, he wouldn't have got to his third shot. He would have yep. been put away. And that's the only way to stop these people. They won't obey these laws about, what, about what's licensed and what's not licensed. Second thing old Joe wants, besides banning these um, ghost guns, Clint, he wants a national federal registry, which of course does not exist now. Uh, the states have a registry. Let me tell you why this will scandalize some people listening and it will bring great joy to many others. Let me tell you why I'm in favor of ghost guns. Because the first thing a tyrant does when he takes over the country is to confiscate the weapons of the people. And how does he know who has the weapons? Because they've registered them with the government. <laughs> I mean, it seems so obvious, right? Like they it can't... does. It's like I said, your your ten year old niece or nephew or child could understand this. Well, and and I think that's uh, unfortunately kind of their intent is that if they have the registration, then they know where all the guns are, at least all the law abiding guns, and then they can, you know, attend, uh, try and and seize them. I, I think that that would amount to a civil war and i don't know that they would ever take it to that level but it right. certainly is the that's the fundamental prerequisite for any sort of seizure campaign is that so in, in the in the very same moment that people in the ukraine are using guns that they had in their basement uh, right. to protect their homeland joe is saying what do we need guns for <laughs> second amendment does not protect the right to shoot deer it protects the right to shoot tyrants if they take <laughs> over the government or they're trying to take over the government that's right that's right and and uh it, it gets even more absurd judge now in, in that we just sent 50 million rounds of ammunition to the ukrainians and he is trying to ban extended magazines in in america you know it's like they are they are robbing us to fund the arming of people that are fighting for their own freedom by their by you know the US government's narrative and yet we're we're going to arm them while we are disarmed actively how yeah. how are the american people to accept this the absurdity of it on its face and just be like yeah this makes sense and this is being done by executive fiat rather than right. legislation just like all the lockdowns claim yep. you know we just ended two of the uh, most totalitarian years 
the exception perhaps of, of reconstruction after the Civil War, sure. war between the states in, in American history. None of it came from the Congress. None of it came from a state legislature. None of it even came from a city council. It all came from two presidents, mainly Joe, but Trump fell for some of this stuff as well. And it came from many governors and from many mayors. They just made up a law and punished people who disobeyed the law. And it yep. wasn't a law because only uh, the definition of a law in the free society is something enacted by a legislature that's written down that regulates behavior that causes harm. Mm -hmm. It's not the whim of the governor or the mayor or the president, president at the moment. Well, they, they justified it uh, under the pretense of, you know, declaration of emergency, giving them special powers. It seems to me that an eternal emergency, uh, you know, you can't you can't have that because then if you have a governor that just says, well, it's an emergency, so I have to do all of this unconstitutional stuff. But then the emergency is endless. Well, then you don't have a constitution. Right. So Lincoln claimed emergency during the Civil War and said that gave him the right to suspend the writ of habeas corpus. The writ of habeas corpus is the right of somebody arrested, whether it's for January 6th or whether it's for shooting up a subway car, whether mm -hmm. it's for fanciful crimes or for real crimes. The right of a person arrested to require the arresting official to justify the arrest before a neutral judge. Lincoln claimed he had emergency powers during the war between the states when half the country was trying to kill the other half. Supreme Court said there are no, Supreme Court that he had appointed, there are no emergency exceptions to the Constitution. Incredible. That's incredible. I did, yeah, wow. I did not know that. Um, I'll get you out of here on this. So uh, I wanted to know if our, our five years, and this is relatively new reporting, so if you're not familiar, I won't blame you, but... Uh, it appears that we had our CIA or or some sort of you know DOD type people that were responsible for training the U Ukrainian military uh, over the prior five years leading into Russia's invasion. We now have funds that are being sent to Ukraine by the boatload, billions of them. Uh, we also have weaponry that's being sent to them. So we've trained, we've funded, we've armed. Is this is this what our founders envisioned when it came to you know not having entangling alliances? Well, absolutely not. I mean, there's no provision for this under the Constitution. I, I've been arguing since I was in high school that foreign aid is unconstitutional, that the, the federal government does not have the right to take tax dollars, or today they don't have any tax dollars to spend, they just borrow it, or take borrowed dollars and give it away to a foreign government, which is effectively bribing the head of the government or whoever, whoever receives it. All of that is unconstitutional. Uh, the foreign entanglements are unconstitutional because they commit American assets and the blood yeah. and flesh of young American men and women to these uh, crazy uh, foreign entanglements. Look, I can't stand Putin and I, I, I condemn what's going on, but we're making it worse. We are mm -hmm. prolonging the inevitable. We are causing the deaths of tens of thousands who'd still be alive if Putin had just marched in there and the country had become neutral. Right. It's, it's really tragic. And uh, I wanted to ask one quick follow-up on that. Uh, you know, it seems as if the, what we've already done in, in my opinion could be viewed. And if it were being done to America, it would be viewed as an act of war. 
in terms of funding, arming, and training, you know, enemy combatants to some other empire in Russia. And, and yet it seems as if, you know, there's a chance that we get dragged into World War III and a hot conflict with the nuclear Russia without Congress ever having even declared war. Is that a possibility? It's not only a possibility, it's, it's hoped for mm. by many of the uh, globalists in the State Department and their buddies uh, in the European uh, foreign ministries. I mean, Jake Sullivan, who's the, the president's national security advisor, refined what the president said when the president said, you know, this guy doesn't deserve to be in power and he should go, Jake said, we want a, a diminished Russia. Well, a diminished Russia means a country that we have ousted the government from. Mm -hmm. And the only way that can happen with viol is, is with violence. Right. I think we are a hair trigger away from World War III. I think if some Russian tank commander misreads his GPS and sends 10 tanks toward uh, Poland, and they destroy uh, American military equipment and maybe the American uh, trainers that are right there, NATO will pounce. NATO's weak. We are the only ones there that could defeat the Russians. Do we really, really want this? There's no will for this whatsoever. I honestly think old Joe doesn't have the will for it, but I believe the people uh, around him uh, would like to see this happen. It's their opportunity uh, to get uh, Putin before the international criminal court. Oh, and to teach the Russians about democracy. You know, we're we're so good at spreading democracy. Iraq, how did that work? <laughs> Libya, how did that work? Syria, how did that work? Yemen, how did that work? But the, the, uh, the globalists, they just won't stop. Yeah. Well, and we have a sitting senator in Lindsey Graham that's talking about well, if if we're not going to topple Putin, then the it's old it's up to the Russian people to do it. I mean, we're basically asking for a coup or demanding a coup. Uh, otherwise, America will make it happen. I mean, this is unbelievably dangerous. Senator Graham loves blood as long as it's not his own. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's the the definition of a chicken hawk, and uh, I have no <laughs> no qualms about calling him that. Well, thank you so much for coming on again, Judge Andrew Napolitano. Everybody, uh, go ahead and tell people where they can follow you once again. Oh, you guys can follow me at judgenap.com. And my podcast is called Judging Freedom. You can get it at YouTube, wherever you get podcasts. Now, if I may, Clint, since you gave me this opportunity. Absolutely. Next Tuesday, which is April 19 at 1245 in the afternoon Eastern time on Judging Freedom, Ron Paul. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Ron Paul, Ron Paul himself. So I can't wait for that. That's Tuesday, oh. April 19. 12.45 in the afternoon, Eastern time, judging freedom wherever you get your podcast. No limit to the to the topics, no duration uh, to the talk. The Thomas Jefferson of our day, uh, Ron Paul. Glorious. I, I hope everyone will go and tune in. That is five days from now. Do not miss it. Judge Knapp, hang on the line. I'm going to be right back. Thank you, my friend. Before we move to part two of tonight's episode, I want to briefly put a recap or a bow on the top of the Adam Kokesh situation. So I will do that in one second. But before I do, I want to thank uh, careerhackers.com, our guys. Go to careerhackers.com to sign up for the free daily newsletter called The Daily Job Hunt. Again, that's careerhackers.com. If you haven't already checked them out, it's a free service, gives you some information on how to be a, a better job applicant and to 
get that job of your dreams or to start the business of your dreams. Either way, it's free. Check it out. Careerhackers.com. So I had told Mr. Kokesh that if I got any aspect of our conversation wrong, which obviously I wasn't a first party to any of this, so I can't really get it wrong. I'm just trying to connect the dots here um, that I would apologize to him. So I'm going to do that with a bit of a addition, a bit of a caveat, which he's not going to like, but I'm going to continue to try and tell the truth about the situation as best I can. So first off, I think that Michael Heiss did get it wrong to some extent. I do not believe that he actually, I don't think that Adam actually said that uh, Larry Heiss, or excuse me, Larry Sharp was a pedo. What what he did say, and I now have confirmation from both Larry Sharp as well as Michael Heiss, is that uh, he he said that he was a pedo enabler. Or and then he he alluded to the fact that he was an enabler when it came to Bill Weld. So that's it. That's I'm I'm gonna close the chapter on this. I apologize to Adam for having got it, I guess, wrong that Michael Heiss said that he had said that Larry Sharp was a pedo. And in fact, it was a pedo enabler. <sighs> Personal opinion, this is all absurd. And I really, I really hope that Adam can move on. And I really wish him the best. I said this at the end of last uh, last night's episode when I had him on, that I I think that his his work over the years has been valuable. And I I hate to see anybody, you know, feel betrayed or um, lied about. Anyways, Adam, I wish you the best. And I'm going to close this chapter out of Liberty Lockdown history. I really do wish you the best. And uh, if there's anything I can do, if you need to, you know, pick yourself back up and dust yourself off. I will be here to help brother. So I don't know. I wish you the best. Uh, before I go on to part two, I want to talk a little bit about Elon Musk's bid to buy Twitter, which is all the talk of the town today. Um, I made a thread on it. I, I listened to a two hour Twitter spaces where it was just blue check after blue check absolutely shitting their pants about Elon buying Twitter. And I got to say, it was hilarious. Uh, the salt alone is worth his his attempt at this. What it amounts to is essentially a hostile takeover. You know, he's a minority shareholder that's attempting to buy out um, the majority, but he's also offering above the, uh, the current stock price, which is like 45. He's offering 55 or something, somewhere around that. And uh, it's a bold move, you know, and I think just give my two cents on it. First off, I think that I think that Elon's the real deal to some extent. I, obviously, he's a billionaire and obviously he's um, going to always be trying to better his position, and his stake in the world. You don't get to his position if you're not that type of person. But I think that he's sincere about wanting free speech to be brought back to social media and he hasn't done anything to dissuade me from that analysis. So I'm going to keep an open mind. You know, a, a lot of, a lot of libertarians are very black pilled and they want to just assume the worst of him. Oh, he's a billionaire. He doesn't give a fuck about you, Clint. How, how naive, how stupid of you look, man. Do you think that Parag Agarwal gives a shit about us? Of course not. <laughs> he's, he's very overt in his complete dismissal of, you know, free speech and how that's not at all what he's interested in. So I don't understand the downside here. I guess that's the biggest thing that I don't get is the, the black-pilled libertarians out there that are like, why do you trust Elon? Ah, I don't trust Elon. 
but I know for a fact that the current board is filled with, you know, ESG induced communism or fascism or whatever. They're terrible. So it's a really easy call for me to say, yeah, I'll take a change of ownership. Let's see what Elon can do with this place. I think it gives me a much better chance of not getting my account nuked for saying anything that I should have been allowed to say over the past two years, like early treatment for COVID, you know, they, they banned us for that. Do you want these people to still be in power? No, the obvious answer is no. We want someone new. Does that mean that Elon will be better? No, it doesn't. Does it mean that there's a good chance that he'll be better? Yes, it does. So spit the black pill out for the love of God. Sometimes good things happen. It does happen. Sometimes. Can't believe I'm the one saying this as I'm pretty black pilled myself, but good Lord, you guys are jaded. Um, so what he's trying to do is essentially a hostile takeover, but he's he's tendering an offer above the, the asking price, which uh, enables the board to decide. But the board has a, a fiduciary responsibility to the shareholders. So the, the board is supposed to, because it's obviously to their financial benefit, to accept, because it's a significantly above current market price, that uh, they have a fiduciary responsibility to accept it. Or, at a minimum, to put it to a board vote. Or, excuse me, not a board vote, but rather a shareholder vote, where the shareholders will get to decide, do they want to accept it or not? And apparently the board doesn't want to do that. Uh, we're going to find out more. This is a, a developing story as this news just broke this morning. Uh, but that's, I just wanted you guys to be aware of what's actually happening here because it is a very big story and it's a fascinating story and it involves, you know, areas of finance that I know a little bit about. Uh, obviously I wasn't a stock guy, so I don't know all of the ins and outs, but I know it broadly enough that I can talk about it somewhat intelligently. Um, and then the other thing that you might want to be aware of is that there's what's called a poison pill. And they put that in the agreement when he was, uh, when he purchased 9% of Twitter just a couple of weeks ago, maybe a month ago now. Uh, and a poison pill allows the non-hostile takeover parties, which is 91% of Twitter shareholders, uh, including the board, other than Elon, to dilute the stock and sell and purchase more of the stock, but not allow Elon to buy, buy more of the stock, which would make him trying to get a 51% ownership stake more elusive. So I think what Elon decided was, this is going to be a problem. The poison pill will be a problem. So I'm just going to make a tender offer, offer above the current market price, and I'm going to force their hand. And if, if they decline my offer, they have basically abused their fiduciary responsibility or ignored it to such a, a severe degree that Parag, Agarwal, and all these other scumbags will have to step down. And if that's the case, we kind of win either way, don't we? I mean, it doesn't mean that they won't be worse than Parag, but if they have to step down, that's brilliant. But where it gets really fascinating is that if they reject an offer above current you know, share price, the stock is going to get destroyed. The value of the stock will get destroyed because the shareholders are going to be furious. So what happens in that situation? Think about it. The share price drops and then Elon can come in and buy more and try to get 51% that way. So if Elon is committed to this, he's the richest man in the world. If he is committed to this, I think he sees it to fruition. I think Elon becomes the owner of Twitter within 30 to 60 days. I really do.
So it's all up to Elon now. If he wants it, it's his. If he doesn't, it's not. But he has put them in such an unbelievable position. Just, just damned if you do, damned if you don't. And it's beautiful. So I listened to this two-hour Twitter spaces, and I'm telling you, the blue checks are absolutely panicked. Just horrified. And I can't tell you how incredible it is to listen to people talk about uh, us peons and our, our opinions, our misinformation that's so dangerous to democracy. As if the New York Post story about Hunter uh, Biden's laptop that was censored for misinformation days before a presidential election in this country. Yeah. How is that not a threat to democracy? When you censor legitimate information that would shift the outcome of a presidential nomination. Is that not a, is that not a threat to democracy that you claim to value so highly? I mean, these people are so transparent. They really are. And the mask is off now, folks. They know exactly what game's being played, and they know that their time is running out. Because if Elon's serious, and if he's sincere about wanting to be, bring free speech back to this platform, it's over for them. The blue check class will have to suffer the wrath of us peons forevermore. And it's going to be glorious. <laughs> I'm really excited about it, to be honest. And I know everyone's going to go, oh, Clint, why are you so optimistic? Sometimes good things happen, okay? Let me have a little joy. For the love of God. Next up, we're going to have an interview with someone who has been sued by some members of the Biden administration for a caravan that got a little too close to the Biden bus in Texas. This is a fascinating story. No one is covering it, but because her liberty has been locked down, you know where she had to go. Clint Russell, call him up. Let's do this shit. Enjoy. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Liberty Lockdown. Today I have on Joey Lynn. And I, I'm going to let her tell her story, but I was referred to her story and told about her story by Laura Logan's people after Laura's appearance on Liberty Lockdown. I will basically, I will follow up on whatever Laura points me in the direction of. And, uh, and this one sounded interesting. So thank you for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to share our story with you and grateful that Lara's team connected us because we've had a really hard time getting our story out there. Conservative media has not provided the support we expected. Well, that's uh, that's why Liberty Lockdown exists because your, your liberty has been locked down based off of what I know so far. So go ahead and, uh, and lay out the, the foundation for this story, if you would. Sure. So I'm a stay-at-home mom in New Braunfels, Texas. My husband and I are getting sued by Biden-Harris campaign staff, White House staff, and triggered Democrat politicians under the Ku Klux Klan law of 1871 in federal court, saying this just sounds crazy, like it's, I can't even believe this nightmare is a reality, for getting sued for exercising free speech. We were flying Trump flags next to the Biden bus. If your viewers remember what mainstream media called the Biden bus escort when it drove through Texas and a Trump train drove alongside of it. My husband and I were there that day and we are getting sued for flying our Trump flags, exercising free speech because these politicians and staff members are saying they're traumatized and offended and want to be compensated for essentially our difference of opinion. Um, there are no criminal charges. It's just a civil matter. So these are offended politicians that want average Americans to compensate them for being emotionally 
upset, offended, traumatized from our exercise of free speech. That's astonishing. So can you, I mean, you can sue someone for something that's not criminal, uh, like when it comes to harassment, that is, is that the allegation that they were harassed and traumatized because you drove too close to them or what? Yeah, essentially, I don't even know that it was too close. I think it was just that we were there that day, um, <laughs> which is crazy because these are roads we pay taxes to drive on. We're right. exercising free speech in the exact same capacity they were. They had a giant billboard size sign on their bus. We had Trump flags on our vehicles. We're both driving down the same road, but they're offended. So they're going to sue us. And I guess they've got unlimited power and resources to do it. And so like you, I'm learning huh, I guess you really can sue anybody for anything. I never expected to be sued uh, for exercising a constitutional God-given right. So, Yeah, well, me either. But uh, so you said it was the Biden-Harris administration that was suing you. Who is the actual named, you know, plaintiff or whatever it's called? Right. We have several plaintiffs that are suing several defendants. So we've got former state senator Wendy Davis. She also ran for governor against Greg Abbott in Texas. Um she is very, very far, far left, very extreme uh, with her viewpoints. Um, we've got Tim Holloway. He was the bus driver. We have David Ginz, who is an assistant to Kamala Harris in the White House. And Dr. Eric Servini, who's an author and influencer. Um, and was, They were all on the bus, I, they, I assume? Either they were on the bus or they were near the bus in unmarked vehicles, it is unclear and they really haven't turned over any documents uh, indicating any supportive information for their claims as they should have. They've had over nine months to do it and still have yet to do that. Meanwhile, they've been making plenty of demands for what they expect us to turn over as we prove our innocence and defend um, our reputation against these crazy malicious lies and allegations. Um, the lawsuit specifically is, so it's filed under the Ku Klux Klan law, and their claim is that we banded together on a public highway with the intention of suppressing minority voter rights, uh, as if the Ku Klux Klan were on horseback. You know, they, they make that connection. Um, wow. And then they say that we premeditated a plan of assault with a plan to run the bus off the road, which never happened. The bus drove hundreds of miles through Texas that day and parked itself in an Austin parking lot unobstructed um it's just crazy yeah well it sounds crazy um so did they present any evidence for this claim that you guys were plotting to run them off the road or is it just completely unfounded no i mean there's very little the civil complaint itself is 62 pages long so you'd think with that amount of space and energy that they've taken up in the legal system they would have actually produced something yet it just goes on to really you know, talk about things that aren't even relevant to this lawsuit uh, and don't have any supportive information. Um, you know, and we've got plenty of video evidence to prove nothing happened that they're claiming happened. And they right. know that, uh, but they also know that they'll bankrupt us in the process of proving that and dragging this process out. They waited over eight months from the time that that happened to even sue us. And they didn't even properly serve us our paperwork before they had a national press release and told the public that we were getting sued, which is how we learned about it from a friend who saw it on mainstream media. And it wasn't until four months after that that we actually got served at our front door and understood the scope of the lawsuit and really what we were up against and that it was real. Because at that time we thought, well, maybe this is just 
propaganda because we would know surely if we were getting sued. Um, and so it was really, really crazy how it even came about, how long it took for them to come up with something to sue us for. And then we filed for dismissal based on the fact they haven't even met the basic requirements of using the Ku Klux Klan law in federal court. And we filed that motion to dismiss the lawsuit with a judge that we're assigned to, who's appointed by Obama, the same judge that recently overturned Texas's heartbeat bill, which appealed to the Supreme Court. He ruled that it was unconstitutional. Mm -hmm. um, and so this judge took another eight or nine months to determine that the case would not be dismissed, but would be moving on to trial in federal court by jury, which is extremely concerning. You know, so many people were encouraging us with the thought that it would be dismissed because there's just no way a case could come from this and that any reasonable judge would throw it out. Um, so we were very, very surprised, although also not surprised. You know, it was kind of like we were very hopeful, but when you look at the odds that are stacked against us and who we're assigned to, we kind of expected that. Um, but what's concerning about it is this sets a national precedent in yeah. the legal system. So if another average American gets sued for exercising free speech, they'll point to this lawsuit and say, well, they didn't meet the basic requirements of using the Ku Klux Klan law. So we don't have to here either. Uh, and that is a huge problem for free speech for many Americans. They don't even realize it's going to affect them, but it sure is. So we are working hard to fight to defend free speech, not just for our family, but for many, many Americans. Yeah, well, it certainly sounds as if it would be precedent setting mm -hmm. if they are able to succeed in this. Um, yes. Obviously, I hope and pray and believe that they can't succeed. Uh, if Assuming we have any sort of justice, scare quotes, uh, system in this country anymore, uh, did the judge give any feedback as to why he felt it fit to move forward? Because that that does surprise me. Yeah, it surprises us as well. Um, you know, it's one of those things where I think that he alluded to the fact that there may be enough potential for him to want to hear their side of the story further. Okay. So they um, didn't even have to present their evidence or their case, really. He Just nope. based off of their allegation, he was like, yes. well, okay, we'll go ahead and see. That's exactly right. And again, you know, they still have not provided the basic preliminary documents to support their claims even amidst this decision that he made. So, for example, the bus driver is saying he's too traumatized to continue driving a bus, and he's claiming that he made between six hundred dollars and $700,000 annually driving the bus, yet he hasn't provided any pay stubs to support that information. Right? That's a so, really well-paid bus driver. My goodness. I know. I think I might just get a job driving a bus to pay for these legal fees. <laughs> um, yeah, we all should. Uh, I, assume, I assume he's... He was probably extrapolating his pay based off of when he was, you know, driving for the Biden-Harris administration, because I bet he had to, you know, get paid handsomely just for that limited time. But then if you extrapolate maybe the month or something he was doing it and you spread it out for the whole year, I guess you could get to that. But this goes back to how insane our our, our spending is that they would be paying a bus driver that kind of sum. Um, so so have has anybody in the Biden administration um, it said, you said that it was just Kamala Harris's assistant of some sort that was named, but but no one else that's actually in the administration that has been listed as a plaintiff? Right. It's just campaign staff. So they were okay. supporting the Biden-Harris campaign uh, tour or efforts or were receiving compensation for being a part of the campaign. Okay. Yeah. Man, what a, what a disaster. I mean, I, I don't think, just for the audience's sake... Um, you know, and this is for this goes left and right. I mean, if you're 
if you believe that you have the right to protest peacefully, which is mm -hmm. what you guys, I mean, as far as I know, that's what you were doing. You were driving uh, on the same freeway as another campaign person's bus. Um, you didn't impede their progress in any way, which, by the way, we saw a hell of a lot of impeding ve vehicular progress uh, during the Black Lives Matter rallies yes. and protests and riots and everything else. Yes. Uh, this this is pretty astonishing. And, and you know, I as far as I know, I don't think any lawsuits have been brought <laughs> against the people that were uh, stopping like truckers and all sorts of vehicles. I mean, I'm sure I'm sure there has been some criminal charges, but it seems as if if you're not impeding someone's progress and it's and it's truly a peaceful protest, I don't understand how they could even pretend that this is a threat right. or of any right. sort. Exactly. And that's what's that's what's so scary. There's literally nothing here. And they've managed to make something out of it by utilizing mainstream media to play on the emotions of the general public and to get this at the level that it's at. That's scary uh, to me. And I think it should be scary to many people. Um, you know, and, and I agree with you. We see many examples of truly aggressive or criminal protesting. And then you've got us that are actually peacefully assembling in ways that hundreds of thousands of Americans were at that time. Trump trains were all over. And it right. just kind of feels like they just want to make sure people are intimidated, silenced, and scared from continuing that momentum and using us to make an example uh, out of us to other people. So, you know, we feel that it's very, very important that we don't let them squash us, that we continue to get louder, and that we you know, maintain our confidence and and hold the line for free speech. It's so, so important, especially with the level that this could set the precedent at. And so, you know, um, they're trying to silence us. The plaintiffs suing us have filed a protective order, which is a gag order or, you know, an effort to silence us from speaking about the details of this lawsuit. And to me, if you genuinely have a case here, why wouldn't you want the American people to know the details? I very much want the American people to know the details. I need them to understand that these plaintiffs have created these lies and fabricated these malicious accusations against us. And I want that evidence that's brought to reflect that. I would like for them to be exposed and held accountable. Uh, I have nothing to hide. So I'm happy to turn over cell phone records and emails and communications because there was no premeditated assault. There was no plan to run the bus off the road. We didn't get together and say, let's suppress minorities from wanting to vote by putting Trump flags on our trucks. We were excited to show our support for President Trump the exact same way they were excited to drive a bus with Biden's name on it, although I can't understand why. <laughs> I respect hey. their right to do that. And of so, course. you know, I, I think we should be able to coexist. And it's, uh, it's surprising to me that they would want to silence us. And to me, that just says, what do you have to hide? And I yeah. to find out. Yeah, well, I, I certainly hope that the the gag order on you, you know, that this this interview doesn't get you in trouble. I, I agree with you that, you know, getting public support given the egregiousness of this claim against you mm -hmm. is is probably necessary. Yeah. And and I also agree with you that it seems as if this is an attempt to suppress not just you, obviously, but to to send a message to to anybody, you know, that's a dissident voter, which I don't know how. 70 million voters are now considered such fringe dissidents that they don't have a right to protest, but that seems as if the world that they're trying to create. Yes. Um, yeah, I, I mean, this this is vital. Uh, it really is. It's vital that you, not not just for your sake, which obviously I, I'm concerned for your guys, you know, financial well-being, but yes. uh, for everybody's sake, if, if this does go forward, 
I, I feel like, you know, there's no, there's no limit to what they can do when it comes to suppressing speech. And, and I think that it's kind of natural that we have to extrapolate from the treatment of the January 6th protesters and rioters, uh, you know, and, and the way they've been treated. And now, you know, they're trying to do the same to truly peaceful protesters in, in different parts of the country that were just driving their cars. Um, yes. What do you think about that? I completely agree. I see so many similarities uh, between January 6th and the Freedom Convoys, uh, just not wanting to encourage other Americans to exercise their, you know, First Amendment right to peacefully protest because it picks up a lot of traction. You know, it yeah. really empowers other people and people get excited to jump in and it grows quickly. And I think they're just trying to squash it. And so, uh, you know, they refuse to give it the media coverage it deserves. They refuse to talk about really how big it, re it really truly is. They try to make it look worse than it is when they do cover it. Um, and it's, it's devastating because it's vital to our country to be able to exercise those rights. Um, and Rick Green with the Patriot Academy uh, said just a couple, just a few days ago, and I love that he said this. Um, he said, you guys are to the First Amendment what Kyle Rittenhouse is to the Second Amendment. It is incredibly yeah. important that America has eyes on what's happening to demonstrate yeah. the importance of our rights and for the law system to work in our favor is critical. Uh, and so equally critical is having the American people behind us. And I try to effectively communicate with conservatives, liberals, and everything in between. Um, this should not be a party line division. This is something that affects everybody. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, the those who consume mainstream media are fueled with hatred and rage. They believe the headlines that say, we ran the bus off the road, we're white supremacists, terrorists, Ku Klux Klan, um, you know, and they respond with thousands of hate messages saying things like, you deserve to rot in jail, or I hope you lose your child, or I, have, I hope you lose everything you have in that trailer park you live in. You know, like they just make these like, uh, sweeping accusations. <laughs> that's that's um, a really nice uh, trailer park you're talking to me from. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they say like, oh, you must be a product of incest because that gap between your two front teeth or, you know, like, Jesus Christ. Come on, you guys. Uh, or uh, one of my favorites, I say that very sarcastically is, I get this one a lot. Um, how will you homeschool your son from prison? You know, oh my and God. Like, guys, there are not criminal charges here. I'm exercising free speech. And do you enjoy speaking to me this way? Because I'm fighting for you to be able to do that and more. Right. Uh, you know, and this has nothing to do with politics. Like this has everything to do with just our rights as humans. Uh, and if you could just stop believing everything you hear and everything you see, and maybe we could work together. But you know, I, I don't have the energy to fight those fights. I don't respond to those people. It's important for me to activate and engage with the good patriots that care about defending our rights and want to link arms with us and help us to fight this fight financially, prayerfully, and by just telling other people what's going on. Those are really the three best ways people can help us because we've cashed out our 401k. We've tapped into our savings account, which is set aside for our child and emergencies, um, you know, and we've depended on fundraising heavily because just waiting for that judge to make the decision if we'd go to court or not cost $50,000 in legal fees. Quick interruption. Just want to ask you guys, please, 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 please subscribe. Hit like, hit subscribe, comment, help me with the algos, bros. Help me with the algos, bros. Like, go in the comments. If you see a comment, leave a comment. If you haven't left a comment, 
leave a comment. Find your wife in the comments. Get a girlfriend in the comments. Get your husband in the comments. There's lots of dudes in here. Very, so many dudes in here. Ladies, comment. Find your husband. Let's go. We've been quoted over $200,000 at this level of court. If we appeal to the Supreme Court, we're probably looking at over $600,000 worth of legal fees. And to be a stay-at-home mom married to a plumber who's got a single income supporting our little American homeschool family, we just don't have the resources that the plaintiffs suing us who have 20-plus attorneys, multiple nonprofits funding the lawsuit, and graphic designers making art and campaigns so they can fundraise. I mean, we don't stand a chance. So it's going to take many Americans getting behind us to help us effectively defend free speech for all Americans. Well, we'll we'll get to how people might be able to financially support you. But um, I do want to say, you know, I don't have the biggest show in the world, but I do have a decent sized audience at this point. And I hope if anybody is listening that has, you know, Tucker Carlson or even Hannity, anybody, anybody on Fox that might be willing to take this story on, it seems like, uh, you know, even a four or five minute hit on one of those shows uh, would yes. shed a ton of light. And and I, I hope that this is that's what this leads to, because it certainly seems as if uh, it deserves some some level of coverage. I mean, this is a big story. It really is. And I and I don't I don't understand why I haven't heard of it until now, for the most part. You know, it's it's one <laughs> of those type of type of deals. Um, Anyways, go ahead and tell people how they can support you because it, it does sound as if it's going to be necessary. I yeah. pray that they'll drop the case against you because it's so absurd. But in case it doesn't, uh, certainly you're going to need some some resources to assist. Yes. Thank you so much. You're right. A few minutes, a few moments, even not an interview, just them talking about it on their sure. large platform would just let Americans know what's going on. And it has not been due to lack of effort that our story has not been told. I promise you I've spent hundreds of hours, thousands of emails, uh, begging, pleading, phone calls, tagging, info tips. And, you know, even face-to-face, I've been able to engage with some large companies, outlets, broadcasters, and told them the story. And they'll look me dead in the eye and say, that's not really the story we're looking for. Sorry. You know, and it's just, it's shocking. Uh, So we really, really are grateful for anybody who's willing to share our story and who really can understand the significance and the the scale of this like i understand that it's just happening to me right now but it represents so many average americans um so people can support us at freespeechdefender.com freespeechdefender.com is a website that we made that tells our story it has an about us and why defending free speech is important then it has our legal updates on another tab so people can understand where we're at in this legal process a media tab to show past interviews and a contact us tab From the main page, people can click to join our family of defenders, and that's going to springboard them over to our fundraising page where they can leave a prayer, make a donation, or they could share the information. But we believe that if, you know, Americans come alongside of us in one of those ways, they have joined our family of free speech defenders, and we're working together as a team at this point to make history. So, you know, we're grateful for anybody that shares our story, donates, prays, you know, we're, we're so, so grateful. Freespeechdefender.com. Yeah, freespeechdefender.com. If anybody's got some added resources that they can throw their way, uh, please do so. It it is. I mean, this this would be a terrible precedent, just genuinely terrible. And and the the irony is not lost on me that the people accusing you guys of being you know KKK or fascists. I'm sure you've been called a bunch. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, this is actually the telltale sign of them being fascists that they want to suppress suppress 
dissident political speech and and that's all it was it was yes. speech so i mean this is a fundamental not just american right but a human right really is to be able to speak your mind especially if we actually live in a functioning democracy as they constantly say that we have to defend democracy even in ukraine for god's sakes but at home our democracy is crumbling and it's it's an embarrassment to me it, it's it's outrageous and i don't for the life of me i don't understand why uh, you know, Fox News at, at a minimum wouldn't be willing to to carry this story. It seems just obviously up their alley, to be honest. I mean, I'm I'm a libertarian just to put all my cards on the table. I'm not actually a, a Republican or anything. And I and I probably wouldn't have uh, supported Trump, but I sure as hell wouldn't have supported Biden. Um, but as you said, this is not a partisan issue, really. Right. I mean, this is about being able to have any sort of voice in the political process besides being able to vote. And, and they're trying to strip that from you guys. Yes. Uh, so I'm very sorry. <laughs> I'm just very sorry for what you've gone through. It It's tragic, it's heartbreaking, and it's ultimately it's un-American. It is. Thank you so much for sympathizing with us, empathizing with us, for really understanding the strain. Um, it, is, it is very overwhelming. It is very time-consuming. It's very scary to watch the money you put into your savings account just be completely depleted or to watch the life that you tried to make for your family just get so greatly interrupted. You know, I really, really, we financially planned for me to quit my job so I could stay home and homeschool my son. And for me to tell him things like, oh man, I'm so sorry. Like, can you give me just a few more minutes so I can finish this phone call, this email, this, you know, and then it's eight o'clock at night and we haven't gotten to school. And I'm like, hey bud, I'm sorry. Let me get some dinner going really quick. And it's just not how it was supposed to be. It's not what we expected, right? But no. Uh, you know, we have to fight it. We have to fight back and trying to find the grace and the strength in it to continue to be bigger, better, stronger people and make sure God gets the glory in it. I know that these Democrats think that they picked on us and we believe that God chose us for an opportunity to stand up for the small people that are afraid at times like this to continue using their voice. Um, you know, and I, I don't want anybody to see what's happening to us and to be discouraged. I want them to be encouraged because that's exactly what they want here is for people to be silenced and to be scared just from watching what's going on. And exactly. I want to be an example of something awesome happening here um, of not giving up hope and not giving even on the hard, hard days. And we get so many encouraging messages come through on our fundraiser, whether it's through a prayer or a donation that just keep it going. They just fan the flame, you know, from Australia, Scotland, Canada, Oregon, California, Texas, you know, just people all over the country and the world saying how they're watching this unfold because it matters and it affects them. Um, and that's the kind of stuff that just keeps us going. Well, you, you may not be familiar with him, but you remind me a lot of Ron Paul. He, he was a, he was a happy warrior. You know, he, you, you definitely, I'm more of the, the angry pissed off warrior. You're the happy warrior. So I appreciate your your spirit and your outlook. Uh, it's contagious. It's necessary. I think you know my audience probably uh, vibes more with me because they've been listening <laughs> to me for a long time in terms of like feeling the rage of all the injustice in the world and wanting to do something about it. But uh, you definitely bring a a bounce to this that I, I really appreciate, and I hope it inspires people. I really do because like, <laughs> this this fight this fight is far from over, and and uh, you know I'm. I'm certainly not going to run run and hide, and it sounds like you're not either, so I really appreciate that. <laughs> Thank you. That's a huge compliment. I love that. Uh, that means a lot to me. Thank you for identifying that and uh, speaking that over me, and hopefully we'll make you proud. Uh, we'll definitely keep you updated as this unfolds, and we continue to get 
you know, more information. Um, I'm very, very grateful that you gave us a voice on your platform. Um, Absolutely. You know. No, hey, this is this is what I'm here for. I, I want to shed light on stories that matter that aren't getting coverage. Um, and your liberty has been locked down. So like, where else are you going to go? Like, this is the starting place. So uh, I, I did also see that it looks like you might be running for political office. Is that true? <laughs> where did you see this? <laughs> Oh, I thought I thought I saw a video. Am I mistaken? I have not run or I actually don't plan to at any time in the near future just because okay. this lawsuit is too consuming uh, okay. and exhausting. I've had uh, lots of people make that suggestion. And you know what? I think that really might be in our future after this. Uh, yeah. But just right now, it is not something <laughs> I can take on. So I was like, where did you hear that? <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I, I For some reason, I swore I saw a video. Maybe it's just your delivery. You're like, you're like this this lady's going to be a politician one day i can feel it um <laughs> uh, you know and that. and obviously i you know i think family comes first and your priority uh as a homeschooling mother is a, a beautiful thing to do so i please do not feel as if i am pushing you to go no. become a politician that that's the last thing i want to do but no don't um, worry i you would you would I'll be good crack. at it. <laughs> at this point, I'll crack. I'm doing my best just to deal with this. So don't worry. You won't push me into that. No problem there. Uh, but I do. I feel like God's maybe preparing uh, me for something like that in the future. Yeah. And I've had lots of people suggest that. And maybe what you're thinking, did you see the the sizzle reel or I yes. call it the movie trailer for the lawsuit yeah. is kind of what that seems like. Uh, that's on our website if people want to see that. Um, yeah, I think... God prepared me for this year. Many years ago, I was on the development team of a nonprofit where I did fundraising, public speaking, volunteer recruitment, donor wow. relations. And so I just think that God was just getting me ready to do that, not just for my family, but for America. And I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, you, you have the back, background for it. And now you have a terrible story to to fire you up and fire up a, a, yeah. a base a base of supporters which unfortunately in today's political climate that's kind of necessary too to have any sort of success um that's right I, I i hope i hope that you can keep that that smile that positivity it is uh it's something i struggle with uh, <laughs> but you have you have certainly cheered me up so go ahead and tell people if they can follow you if they can support you uh one more time and we'll get you out of here because i know you Thank gotta you. go Got to go take care of your family. I know. We got a sports game coming up. Thank you so much. You're so wonderful. Uh, to visit our website, you can go to freespeechdefender.com. And let's do this together. Freespeechdefender.com. We're grateful for everybody's support, prayers, financial contribution, or telling a friend. We'll see you at freespeechdefender.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Joey Lynn. Uh, as she said, freespeechdefender.com. If you guys have any any added money if you can you know with inflation and everything else uh i know people are struggling right now but uh this is this yeah. is really important so i hope even i hope some five dollars even yeah, exactly you know five dollars makes a big difference we have gotten to where we're at from very very small contributions so right. please i don't want anybody to think any amount is too small we're grateful for any sacrifice at this time we know how much gas costs groceries cost uh, we're grateful for any amount exactly well, thank you so much for your time, Joey Lynn. I am absolutely rooting for you guys. Please do keep me posted as this progresses. And God willing, the it'll be dropped here soon because it would be a travesty if it's not. Uh, but thank you for your time. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Before we get out of here, I want to thank our other sponsor for tonight's show. That is Side Shaper. They are uh, one of the most unique machines out there. It has a bilateral swivel for your ab development really hits all aspects of your core. If you're interested, I'm going to keep this one short. Just go to sideshaper.com. They have a video there that you can check out what it's all about and use the code LIBERTY for $50 off your order. 
if you're interested, go check it out. If you're not, forget about it. It's no big deal. But if you're trying to get your core in better shape like I am, go to sideshaper.com and use the code LIBERTY for 50 bucks off. This machine has been kicking my ass for a while, and I think you'll love it. Sideshaper.com. Use the promo code LIBERTY. We're out. Big shout out to everybody that's been with me since Jump Street. Appreciate y'all. Welcome to Liberty Lockdown. Please scan your barcode. Your liberty ain't gone, but yeah, it's on hold. Where did it come from and where did it go? It requires a fight, not tweet from your phone. Don't need a king, get him off the fucking throne. If you're riding with the thought, you've always got a home. The virus is scared of, will come and it'll go. The government knows, just don't get treated like a hoe. Like Nico and Shane, you're probably wondering what's happening. Scared Hollywood left these lyrical feminine. A typo with Luke might bring them nooses. We all bite the bullet, I'm the king of the gooses. Freckles and Brit, didn't know I could spit. Knew I was a patriot, but now I'm a shit. Peter Quinones, invite me on Which podcast sends custom songs Part of the problem, now I stand with the people Dave showed the way, but I am unequal Lions of Liberty, now hear me roar Beat running out, but I got a bit more Robbie the Fire, always running his mouth But I made him a sandwich, now I'm man of the house The malice for Nick, but you're welcome to quit I went over BLM with the fire I spit Friends against government just call us fags Copy the Cairo, put mummies in the bag Liable opinions get thrown on the ground Silky smooth time was the only sound Getting so hot must be air July Screaming in the mic, I ripped for 59 Monster ratio, that black guns matter Now all these lefties got crazy small bladders None of us wanted war, but we're ready You know I'll be bopping and rock steady Liberty lockdown, please scan your barcode Your liberty ain't gone, but yeah, it's on hold Where did it come from and where did it go? It requires a fight, not tweeting from your phone Don't need a king, get him off the fucking throne If you're riding with the thought, you've always got a home The virus you're scared of will come and it'll go The government knows this, don't get treated like a hoe